0: Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Kinetic Life Podcast, brought to you by Kinetic Renew. This podcast is dedicated to helping you find your way to your dreams, your goals, and your success. We'll be fueling that with key information on topics like health, science, tech, and lifestyle, coated with a few laps along the way. In this episode, Bug Super Propulsion Tea Crocodiles for Better Health, Miracle Cure, or just a crock cut the yo-yo string because the yo-yo diet is all in your head five cups a day to keep diabetes at bay one cup of matcha tea will put on a happy face and help your depression and now we begin here's michael chalaboudis and dr mark Hertzberg.
1: Welcome to Connect Live Podcast. It's a great day for a great day. I'm your host, Mike Shalvoudis, with my good friend, Dr. Mark Hertzberg. Hello, from Dr. Mark Hertzberg. <laughs> well,
2: Mark, as a child, while you were going to the bathroom, right? Why you... are you speaking about that in the past tense? Never speak about my childhood in the past tense. It limits things. Okay, last week, have you ever... Uh,
1: you know, taking a step back to see how far you could urinate to make it into the toilet.
0: Mm.
2: Test that the 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 pressure. How about that King of the World scene at the front of the Titanic? <laughs> yeah, I don't think you. Use... Three hundred feet. <laughs> 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 that was you with the Titanic pin uh. You know what? Even further if you do it from the back of
1: the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I bring up this wacky concept because yeah, it bugs me. Oh, well, evolution is a it's a weird thing and apparently there's a bug out there called the glasswing sharpshooter, which is a the name seems very appropriate, that not only does it pee 300 times its body weight a day, but it could shoot its urine at 40g.
2: Well, it must be having a lot of that powdered beer we talked about a few episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> you would think. Uh, but it's not. It's
1: uh, copious alcohol consumption. Apparently, the glass-winged sharpshooter lives off of the...
2: Is that a Marvel character? The glass wing sharpshooter.
1: It might be. I think it might have been one of the Spider-Man movies, one of the evil villains. Mm. Um, but it lives off of the fluid in plants, which is not overly nutritious. Uh, so it needs to consume lots of it. And for whatever strange reason, it, it developed a system which it, uh, when it releases its little droplets of urine. It pulls it, it up first in mm-hmm. a gooey mess. And then it, using its tail, it almost like a pinball handle, launches it as far fast and far as possible, and for our listeners, I'll, I'll make sure to add the link to the description.
2: Right, they it faster than the human eye can see, so they had to use technology to even get this down. They have an anal appendage, which itself is a great word, but the appendage is called a butt flicker. So, that's going to become part of the vernacular. I feel like that's something you'd call someone in, like, third grade. Uh, you butt flicker. <laughs> The, uh, well, you know, I'm too rich to scratch my own. I have a professional (laughs) butt flicker follow me around. (laughs) The, uh, but it's kind of like a spring and lever catapult. And they said what's even weirder is the airspeed of the anal expulsions, uh, and they keep saying, I wonder if this is kind of like a bird that puts everything into one thing and it's not just the urine. Super but, concentrated. Uh, uh, yeah, but being
1: it's all of the... 300 times their body weight a day is, but it can't be that concentrated. These
2: flickers, if they're going to throw it, if it's 40, if, if, number one, it achieves 40 Gs. That's the acceleration. That's instant. Uh, And it's going to flick it that far. You figure that the flippers that catapult it are going pretty fast. You would think. But. The droplets, once flicked, are going 40% faster than the flickers that flicked them. So they say basically hmm. it's using a special principle of physics called super propulsion, Ooh. which is probably how Clark Kent can fly. But it's uh, you've never been seen outside of synthetic, that really means human technology yeah. systems. And it has something to do about the frequency of the flickers and the frequency of the uh, material being flicked are in some form of harmonic uh, multiplication, that they're the same, uh, Not in positive interference. Uh, they don't go into how that would actually work, because I do know that you can, like, destroy something by... Matching the frequency of the material. That's how this, the uh, the right note could break glass. Mm-hmm. But not glassy wings, apparently. Uh, but somehow it could also change. So I think if we could design baseball bats with the same harmonic frequency, or if the swing speed had the same harmonic frequency as the baseball, <laughs> the uh, it would go 40% further than the bat that hit it. Forty uh, times. Faster. It would start faster than the rat that hit it. Needless to
1: say, uh, you know, besides taking this technology and bringing it elsewhere, it's a very interesting evolutionary tactic. I'm not sure they're attacking your enemies with their urine or they just
2: feel the need to push it really far away. Maybe there's something really bad about the urine that it got to go far away. Mm-hmm. And sometimes something is adapted to something you don't see anymore. I'll give an example. There, they had once, and this is something... I probably read thirty, forty years ago, uh, where they were confused. They were studying the ant colony, and they had taken it and put the ant colony in a wall in a lab, and let it do its own thing. It wasn't, yeah. and the ants would take garbage out. Of, they built a nest in the wall, and they would take garbage. They'd go to the edge of the nest, then they would walk a very specific distance. So I don't know if like 20 inches, 30 inches, whatever, down and then drop it. And they said, why don't they just drop it from the edge? Why do they walk that far down? And then someone went back to get, and discovered that you took them from a area that was exactly that far from a cliff. So for generations, they would take garbage, whatever it was, 27 inches to the cliff and drop it. So as an in. so they were adapted to something you weren't seeing in the lab. Ah,
1: uh, very true.
2: So Interesting. And but they never figured out you don't have to anymore. It sounds like they're led by Daffy Duck. Where <laughs> Bugs would go, Well Daffy, realize he's a bird and he can fly. <laughs> Does Daffy remember he's a duck and he floats? <laughs> <laughs>
0: The Kinetic Life Podcast is sponsored by Kinetic Renew, with benefits like anxiety relief that doesn't knock you out. Renew increases energy, focus, and provides brain support. So get on with your day with Renew in liquid or gel caps. Visit KineticLife.com now and try it. That's K-I-N-E-T-I-Q Life.com now.
1: Keeping on with the coolness of nature.
2: And the inspiration for technology. Yes. you can do things with it. Like, you get a watch face to vibrate the right way and it will clean itself. Ooh, mm. you add this to what we discussed a few episodes the ago. Self-cleaning that cleaning screen? Yeah. And get the right vibration pattern. But also, inside electronics and structurally complex surfaces, also forget... Gooey messes that are stuck to things. There's all types of once you understand it things can that you can do. It's also about nature knowing something we should figure out. But in this case it's medicine. Okay. Talking about our good old well,
1: medical. friend Medical. A good old crocodile. Which uh you know, didn't realize. I mean I knew they'd been around for a long time. Eighty three million years. I was
2: wondering when we'd get about to that, but it was always, see you later alligator, we'll talk about crocodiles in a while. <laughs> but now, now we get to sink our teeth into crocodilians. Yeah, they've,
1: they've. I mean granted they've evolved, you know they're smaller than they used to be or whatever, but they've been around for a very long time.
2: Right. The funny thing is, I learned something about them very recently, which when they say uh, the crocodilians go back this is 80-something. I think ancestors of crocodilians go back a lot longer than that because I think they were there before dinosaurs. And it- dinosaurs are almost 210 million years. Oh, wow. So this might be They're talking of sp- certain types. Oh, okay. Okay, and, yeah, and there, were, there were some very big crocs that ate certain kinds of dinosaurs. And some people go, well, how come the crocs survived and the dinosaurs didn't? It's not true certain types of crocs survived. Just like birds or certain types of dinosaurs that survived. Mm-hmm. And the types that survived were the swampy types. Ones that stayed were on the edge of land and water, mainly in water,
0: uh-uh. which is what we
2: are familiar with today. There were deep sea crocs, they're gone. There were completely land crocs, they're gone. Those deep sea crocs? I, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. They well, There were... There were a lot more way back then, but there are a whole bunch today, but all are descended from a similar, yeah, th- having that in common, and pretty much, I don't know if all, but most, if not all, still are somewhat to that uh right at the edge thing, mm. so, but in any case, you know, they're in, that swamp, that's a messy thing, and they live a rough, messy life, so... You get a lot of cuts and stuff and they should have a lot of infection trouble, you would think. Yeah,
1: but apparently they have no issue fighting off fungal infections as a very powerful immune system, which is why scientists decided to look into how is that the case and could we take that to help us humans who are dealing with, you know, issues of antibiotic-resistant funguses and bacteria. Well, can we? They can. Ooh! I didn't see that coming. (laughs) Uh -uh. So it's a, a, they were talking about their immune system using a CPO, BDB. C3PO, he's in this. (laughs)
2: C3PO. It's a pH sensitive system. Okay, so they're talking about uh, their small proteins called defensins, Mm -hmm. which we have too. Everybody has defensins, but they have a special one with, C-P-O, no th- the three's at the end, yeah. C-P-O-B-D-1-3, mm-hmm. one three. Three, one, three. okay, and it's the saltwater crocodiles are talking about, Okay, specifically not the salt. freshwater, as far as we know, okay, so, the difference between theirs and ours, and as far as they know now, th- theirs and every other creature in nature, <laughs> Uh, is that theirs can actually register pH level and adjust their activity based on that.
1: And I was a little confused
2: reading that. I'm assuming it's the pH level of an area of the body. Well, I, or, I guess they're saying in general it can tell pH, but yeah. what they're saying is when you start having infections and inflammation and stuff, the pH, pH changes. Of that.
1: So it's a regional,
2: okay, pH changing in this area of the body in upswing the immune system. Right, so it's using a sign of how much is needed to regulate how much goes there, how much how long it works, when it stops. So it's basically a control issue. It's not that they have an immune thing that can attack and kill stuff we can't. It's that they have a better leader. Mm. They have something that can tell much better where and when it's all needed. So they're looking at the kind the the you know, they look at this specific defense in uh, and it has a, you know, they get down to the very detailed structure of the proteins and all, and they're going, it's actually extremely similar to some human defensins. Wow. So, I guess, they never It could be a, a small, small structural did, difference. Right, but they were talking about when we learn how this works, we can adapt it, but what they didn't say, but I guess hinted at is, if we have ones that are pretty similar, when we figure out what the little difference is, we might be able to genetically engineer so that you, you know, we could have one that can do the same thing. In the meantime, getting medicines and things that can target the area better. A lot of what we've been talking about the last few episodes gets to is, is we'll all like targeting. Yeah,
1: I mean, well, cause a lot of the, uh, the original whatever, medicine, therapies have been more broad spectrum where when being more specific, besides being more effective... More uh, elegant. Yes, re- reduces reduces uh, side effects and issues.
2: Right, so a lot of what medical advancement over the generations is, is we're going from attacking things with bombs and grenades to attacking things with machine guns to attacking things Sniper. with a lot of shooting too, sharp shooting, sniper. Mm-hmm. Elegant like that. So, uh this would be a really good step in that.
1: So, if we go in sniper, what would a nanobot be when they start getting nanotherapies?
2: Ooh. That well that would the nanobot would would, would be a little bit outside of this cuz that's kind of like billions and billions of tiny bullets, but you would have something that would try to get there first to call, you know. That would be like when you say, "Okay, first shoot somebody with the targeting thing, like the laser, and then have the missile home in on that."
1: Mm, laser <laughs> guided. Ah.
0: Happiness lies in the joy of achievement and the thrill of creative effort. Franklin D. Roosevelt. Optimism is the faith that leads to achievement. Nothing can be done without hope and confidence. Helen Keller. Comfort is the enemy of achievement. Farrah Gray. All our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. Walt Disney. High achievement always takes place in the framework of high expectation. Charles Kettering. Now go do something. Don't just sit there.
1: Now let's talk about your diet, because we're concerned, Mark. My diet? (laughs) You've been yo-yoing for way too long. Just because you have a physical doesn't mean
2: you're going to hey, have to drop 20 pounds and then put it back on two weeks later. Just because you feel like a puppet on a string doesn't mean that I'm <laughs> controlled by one, baby. <laughs> okay, so you want to get to other people's diets who yo-yo. This is one of those things that wants to say it's not completely their fault. Hey, well, you know
1: what? Someone's making good money off it. Apparently, hmm. it's a two, $224 billion industry. Now. The, now. And, they, and they, it's a they, fast-growing industry. Yeah. Seven
2: uh, years from now? Over $400 billion. So
1: They don't want you to stop the yo-yo. They want, you know, the corporations want you to keep yo-yoing, so you keep buying whatever they're selling. Uh,
2: like one thing, remember going, uh, when I first saw this stat a thousand years ago, which is going, when you lower the weight, you lower the risk of dying from that, but... You raise the risk of dying from this and this and this and this if the weight goes too low. And they're going, every pound below the healthiest weight is as dangerous as 10 pounds above the healthiest rate. When you look at all factors, they're going, but there's no money in writing a million books and diet plans to tell people how to gain weight. So... The well, uh, our current they society also keep, they keep changing what they call the ideal weight to move the target along with uh,
1: us, and our current society has a more issue with too much weight, not not enough.
2: Right, and and then there's the, I mean, we got to the thing of the gut. You got you know thin models, thin models. I'm going. These people look like death warmed over. They didn't look attractive. And now he but went to the other. The, the the bones are sticking out through the skin. Oh, that you know. And now mm. we got the other side of the spectrum. Then you move. well now it's kind of like you're not allowed to judge. So models, the uglier, the more appropriate. But that's a whole other story. Let's not pr- promote underweight or overweight. Let's what about healthy people? Yeah, and there are some people, you know, even when you talk about, it's a, you know, that this weight is good for that. Because again, if when you go too far down, you might be having a weaker immune system to fight cancer, yeah, of even if you're putting less stress on the heart. Yes. But you get way too low and you're really mm-hmm. famished, that ain't good for the heart either. Oh, the
1: heart, the thyroid. So you that, and vicious. that's
2: the type of weight that, I'm not talking about someone, you know, who has an uh, a can't hide it 25 pound belly roll that if they lose 15 pounds, it's not going to be healthier. But if you have someone who has to tighten their belt and they're trying to lose weight, mm-hmm. you know... You you can be too little, and a lot of things go haywire.
1: So Anyway, one of the the, uh, stats they mentioned, which I was actually surprised, was that within two years, people who lost weight, 50% gets back down. By five years, 80% is returned. I actually thought that was pretty good. I figured it would be much quicker that you'd gain half the weight back. But they said there's a huge psychological component to it, and that people putting it back on... Um, we're having, you know, an, it was an emotionally taxing thing. So they wanted to look at, you know, from a neurological standpoint, what's really going on when you're dieting? Uh, and is there any way if we play with those, you know, this those systems, uh, it will help you not only lose weight, but keep the weight off. And they went towards the hypothalamus, the good old Ooh. hypothalamus.
2: And what did the hypothalamus have to say about this?
1: Well the hypothalamus uh is one of the uh specific I guess, uh, nerves in it. Uh plays a big role in hunger.
2: And okay, it, do it, you want the specific? Uh
1: it's uh, it's Hold on. A,
2: it's, it's A G R P but I forget what it stands for. A garpin oh, oh by the way, we should say that this is by Max Planck Institute along with Harvard Med. <laughs> Okay. Brought to you by the Max Planck Institute. And <laughs> <laughs>
1: Brought to you by oh,
2: Planck's Constant. <laughs> this, this, oh, Planck's Constant. Einstein's mentor, kinda. The uh the oh, agucchi related peptide mm. neurons in the hypothalamus, uh, which control feelings of hunger. Feelings nothing more than feelings. And
1: apparently those neurons get very active when you're dieting. So much so that when you lose weight, you just want to put it back on. Yeah. So
2: the hunger signals increase. Increase? Increase. Yeah, that's the word. So that you want more food. So you start gaining weight quicker and quicker. And they had already known that uh, there's in the upstream, that means earlier in the mm-hmm. pathway, uh, to these uh, peptides, there are some uh, neurons that will physically synapse with uh, into the or they would activate it hypothalamus. Yeah. I'm about to say mean We were all wrong. Into the hypothalamus and excites these neurons. And they, they basically there's a connection between them that they now call synaptic plasticity. Well, which really means the ability ew. to change how good that connection is. And they're saying that uh, this increases with dieting and weight loss... Well,
1: I think so, of plasticity and neuroplasticity with memory, so maybe by the process of weight loss, increasing that ability to be efficient creates those to be more active even right. after but, you but lose the but they said,
2: weight. The, they actually said that the connection is called plasticity. And oh, if so, the mm. ability to make, break, add, change yeah, yeah, yeah. the connection is plasticity. plasticity yeah. So, but basically, I think what they're saying is, when you start gaining weight, it doesn't have the effect on these connections that the dieting losing weight has. So, when you diet and lose weight, you change the system that says we're losing weight. Reverse it, but when it reverses it, it just keeps going because yeah. it, it that doesn't change that signal isn't changed by getting rid of the weight loss. The uh, so they now know if you inhibit the connection, which they basically did in an experiment, uh, food intake after weight loss was more regulated. Yeah,
1: simple as that. Inhibition. Now, if we can find a natural way of inhibiting it. We'd have a very good diet product on our hands, mm. or maybe that's what Elon Musk Neuralink. That's mean, it's like an app. You
2: could just it's a new feature. You could just turn off hunger. Ah, oh, well. And uh, going to re- we need something uh, the reverse of alcohol, since alcohol blocks inhibition. So it's talking on a whole different thing, and we want to increase it, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> if you're uh. inhibited from eating. <laughs>
0: There is no shortcut to achievement. Life requires thorough preparation. Veneer isn't worth anything. George Washington Carver. Success isn't always about greatness. It's about consistency. Consistent hard work leads to success. Greatness will come. Dwayne Johnson. There are no secrets to success. It is the result of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. Colin Powell Success is the sum of small efforts repeated day in and day out. Robert Collier Success seems to be largely a matter of hanging on after others have let go. William Feather I never dreamed about success. I worked for it. Estee Lauder
1: Well, speaking about uh, having too much... Oh, hold on. If okay. I'm going to eat
2: too much, I'm going to need something to wash it down with. Oh, we're not talking about too much eating.
1: We're talking about too much drinking. Oh! And this oh, time, coffee. Bizarre. And actually, this is a good thing. Too much coffee, not bad. Too much coffee, good. Too much
2: coffee. Well, then it's not too much. Ah, then it's not enough? Too much coffee is just enough. You know, just enough. And what does it help with, pray tell? Ah...
1: Uh, diabetes actually diabetes and cardiovascular risk is what they were those are big
2: things and since they're now finding a huge amount of what sets off cardiovascular risk to begin with is actually even if it's not diabetes it is the ups and downs of how sugar's acting in the vessels and the body and that so So, let's talk about
1: blood concentration of caffeine always good to have um and that three to five cups of coffee a day which you assume a cup of coffee at this point is probably about 100 milligrams, um, reduces the chance of diabetes and cardiovascular but now they, as they went through the article and what they discussed is that the bigger reduction in diabetes is more because of the reduction in BMI caused by consumption of or having a higher concentration of caffeine in the blood, which for those who don't know, the, the half-life of caffeine, I believe, is, Six to eight hours. Six hours. Four to six hours. I think it's four to six. And actually, well, it
2: depends how much caffeine the caffeine is drinking. If it lives faster, <laughs> and,
1: and and for those uh, those on oral birth control, it could be up to twelve hours. The half life. That's what people don't realize. You know, uh, we had a big issue years ago for those alcoholic caffeinated beverages. You'd have young girls drinking a bunch of them, most of which were probably on birth control. And, so was the half life of alcohol also longer? I didn't mention that, but another half of a caffeine is much longer, so you're taking in so much more caffeine, and it's
2: not going away. Oh well. Uh, by the way, the B, most people know what BMI is, but let's just for this the body mass index, which is also related to fat. And they were saying they've already known. Created
1: that... by the insurance company. So mm. it doesn't tell it. just It just height and weight. Doesn't, mm. But they, yeah. they try to assume that there's a, a fat, you
2: know, if you have a higher BMI. Right. Because yeah. you get these modern scales that will tell you your BMI. And it's like, oh, is this doing some measuring using the, like a uh, voltage flow through no. the thing to say how fat? And it's like, no. How just, tall,
1: how much you weigh, which. Uh, Just for a funny aside, when I was uh, towards the end of my college career playing sports, and I was uh, even more in shape than I was now, I think I was obese on the BMI
2: index. Ooh, right. If you have enough muscle and it's just counting weight, or if you have those ankle weights on and forget to take them off when you step on the scale, or my little weighted vest. Either one works. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, or, as anyone knows, uh, for people who are taking... For their, uh, they had to take one physical sport activity in college for one cra- You know, had to have at least one okay. class, and you could take tennis or basketball, bowling. There was weight management was considered one, and they didn't judge. And with some of these classes, like if you were Michael Jordan and you signed up for basketball, you were going to fail because they judged you on how much better you are at the end than the beginning, and if they couldn't make oh, you better, there was no. So, if they weren't talking how good you were, or if you learned how to, you know, if you already know Spanish, you take a Spanish class, you're going to do pretty good. Especially, but, don't tell them you speak Spanish. Well, I'll say if, you,
1: if they don't know that, right. you walk in and you can't right. speak but, anything. But uh-huh.
2: you walk in and you're in good shape, you're in trouble, because, so what people would do, but they, you know, they were everyone's in there weighing together, so uh, people were fully dressed, and they would have lead pellets in their pockets, and every week, they would take one lead pellet out. <laughs> and... They all got A's because they lost weight, had a better BMI. The uh, But Brilliant. in any case, we already knew that short-term uh, BMI improvement from coffee, uh, what's, do we have how much to risk, uh, and fat mass, but they never knew about the long-term effects. Yeah. So that's what they're trying to establish. And they also didn't have a causal link. Now, one thing is, if this keeps you a little lighter, then that itself is going to have some positive health outcomes. And if lighter is lighter can be two reasons with the coffee. Number yeah. one, you're a little more active. And number two, maybe if you don't drink, just like some people smoke more if they don't have coffee. Huh. Some people may eat more. Some people some people it goes either way. Some people will eat more with the coffee. I'll give you one thing. there's the old joke that if you need to find a cop at night, go to the donut shop. And that is actually true, but it's not the donut. The cops at night need coffee. Makes sense. So they, you will find cops who are on that shift, especially, and you know, keeping with, don't forget, you get long, boring stretches interrupted by hyperactivity. They live on coffee, and where you're going to get coffee? And also, when you're going to when you're drinking the coffee, it's nice stuff. So they eat the donuts to accompany the coffee. That's so sad. it is not. Um, um, a fabrication it is a myth made out of taking something true but heighten you know know, headlining the wrong part
1: exactly and actually when they talk about the, the reduction in cardiovascular risk and even probably some extent the diabetes they fail to mention the fact of all these wonderful antioxidants that are found in coffee. So if you're having three to five mm-hmm. cups a day, you're getting a nice dose of antioxidants that maybe someone else isn't, which mm-hmm. will help with cardiovascular risk, which will help with diabetes risk, and just general
2: health. And we have to, you know, give the, they basically said we were just looking at statistical to see yeah. if the next stage would to start looking for causal, the explanations of why. And they also remember uh, an episode or two ago we talked about Mendelian randomization, uh, and so they use they it again, do that. Uh, and they did say one thing that this was nine thousand eight hundred and seventy-six people that they did the statistics so on, and they size. all happened to be from, I guess they didn't say where they did it, but the people were all European, so they were eliminating the effects of certain genes. Which in theory should occur in one way could apply to anyone if you have that gene or this gene. Yeah. But they're saying even how even if you have the exact same gene as someone from different parts of the world, there may be other genes that change how that affects. So they are saying that this is a you know, a limited this isn't anything definitive here. This is just checking to see if the effect is there before we need to now look more and more into it.
1: More to uh to, to get out, uh, more research to be done, but good to know that overconsumption of coffee
2: is not a bad thing. Right, and they did. I mean, they had some major thing. Now, they did they had a big, it seemed to be, they found a, uh, what was it? Three to five cups of coffee daily. Now, to, and they're talking eight ounce cups because you got to realize you go to a lot of places, the cup you're getting can be 16 to 20 ounces. So they're not, they're talking small cups. So... A lot of people who think five cups is a lot, but they're talking two of these cups there that the person saying five is a lot may be having three of these 20 ounce cups in a day. Mm -hmm. So these are the saying It's not the person who just has a little bit of coffee for morning, but it's not the person who's living on coffee all day long. This is really a fairly normal range uh, of coffee and basically saying that it definitely lowered the risk of type two diabetes. Uh, and although they didn't get a causal link, they did say that they could say that at least 43% of the effect on diabetes risk this was BMI. related to reduction in, they said BMI, let's heaviness. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> keeping on the topic of wonderful health oriented stimulants, do you enjoy matcha in the summertime? Have you had
2: matcha before? I don't even know uh, uh, if I've had matcha. I don't know if I had anything like matcha. I don't know if anything uh, that could match the matcha. Um, oh, matcha! You, you oh, should whatever.
1: you should try some. It's actually it's quite nice, ah. matcha, especially you know, make a matcha latte. It's not as uh, healthy, okay. but it still t-
2: tastes latte wonderful. sounds like coffee, isn't matcha tea? Uh, yes. So, so you've you, had it. I've had matcha, but you didn't bring some for me to try. I d- next no. time I remember. T for two and two for tea. If you're 120 years old, then you know my grandfather's songs. Tea for two and two for tea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Match has been around for hundreds of years. Uh, I always thought it was mostly just green tea, but according to this, it's a blend of white, green, black, and oolong tea.
2: Um, No, but I don't if, think that's exactly okay, what it yeah, said. It uh, said it comes from the fine powder of the camellia... Sign in says plant, and it says that plant is also the source of all these different ones you mentioned. Okay. So I guess it's what part of the plant or how you process it makes the difference. It's different the processing versions. in
1: a certain part
2: of, of that,
1: which I Do would you do more stem, more
2: leaf, more, you know?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of like an early stage. Uh, they're picked, and it's kind of like, you know, extra virgin olive oil, the first press type of thing. It's the most uh, nutritious. <laughs>
2: right and so that but it's also i know like when you talk a lot of people when they have like basil which has a lot of nice uh yeah. health things to it but they all remove the leaves and the stems are poison i don't yeah. mean literally but but it's like you can so i once looked up is there any because i i i would rip off the really big yeah. central stem but not the little stems and it's going the stem right that the leaf is on is very easy to eat no not not the uh and is oh, equally it. nutritious and tasty as the leaf basically it has slightly it's a little better in something you know leaves a little better in others so it goes if you don't mind it it's a good idea oh. to use it the big stem in the middle is basically hard to chew and digest
1: oh yeah so, I, I do the same thing we're both like the leaves but the, the, the keep the small stem and they chop it all up and mix it with think right. so like somebody pasta, might whatever.
2: make a tea out of the leaf someone might say out of the stem, and they have slightly different properties. Of course. So,
1: anyway, getting aside, they decided to. They knew the health benefits of matcha because it's high in antioxidants and you know the tea, but they wanted to look at the antidepressive properties of matcha, and kind of what are they targeting? Where, where's the target that's causing the antidepressive uh, effects of matcha? And they came up looking at the d. De- uh, D1 for dopamine one uh, receptor expression. And they found that those that have a low expression of the dopamine one receptor uh, are found in depressive people. Uh, People expressing
2: depression have low D1 receptor expression. So. Which could mean that in that particular case, even if you have a good amount of dopamine, it's not having enough receptors of this type to activate. Yes.
1: Um, so they actually looked at in mice, and they actually used two genetically bred forms of mice, one that are stress-tolerant, and then one stress susceptible. And they provided them with matcha. Um, the stress-tolerant, which didn't really go into detail what the stress-tolerant meant, but I guess they could handle stress, the matcha had no effect on. But they did find that those that are uh, stress-susceptible um, had positive benefits through the consumption of matcha, and uh, so, then to test it further, if it truly is the D one receptor, they uh, they, n- they blocked it, the D one receptor in those stressed susceptible mice, and they were reverted back to their previous state.
2: Right now, they did. They may not have said how they define the stress thing, but they did say how they measured it, which is the movement. Right? It was something yeah. There. So now the funny thing is because the first thing you think of in some things is somebody stressed becomes hyper and, and can't be and. But they're talking stress, almost more fear, like they just got immobile. So they're they're talking, and they think, you know, there's certain reactions that go one way until they go the other. Mm -hmm. And when someone's a little antsy, they're going to pace, they're going to move, they're jittery, they can't keep still. But you get, you know, you get past some point and you just hide in a shell. And they're talking these mice that just became immobile. Yeah. And apparently, what they're saying is, if you're now, I don't know, it could be one of two things. It said it didn't help the mellow mice; it helped the anxiety-ridden mice. So it could be that there's something wrong this goes after, or it could be that you have to have active of some. And if, if you're it, not expressing if, that many, right? Of those so they didn't say if with. we took the. Uh, calm mice, and just added more and more stress until they got into a different state, would it have helped at that point? Very true. So uh, we don't know. Or is it only that it helps because it takes care of... And again, this is one type of problem with dopamine, the D1 receptor. What if you had D1 receptors, but you're not producing dopamine? Would it still help? So... Yeah, and I mean, I know caffeine
1: does have a play on dopamine receptor to some extent and matcha i know is known for being high in something called theanine, which is calming in itself but also there's a ton of other compounds in matcha that may be playing a, a bigger role and d1 you know d- dopamine is just one of many receptors that play a role in depressive tendencies you know we still have uh you know serotonin a lot of other neurotransmitters that are playing a role but all that aside uh, it is a natural form of a weekend antidepressant and in itself in general is very healthy for you so uh if you feel like you're in a funk in the mornings or even in the afternoons a nice cup of matcha up uh good for general health and uh maybe make you a little bit happier but i wouldn't have it before bed because matcha is happier known. or less depressed they're different things Yeah, okay i'm gonna go less depressed okay uh, but do not have matcha before bed because it is very high in caffeine compared to a regular cup of tea. So uh, if you are, especially if you're sensitive to caffeine, having that before well, bed. I just might not wonder be the best. if
2: they're going to measure the movement. and you take a mouse that's scared and in a shell, and you just give it a lot of caffeine. It's going to start moving. <laughs> that's true. So maybe I might not have been the best. You know, I could have just said. Uh, as an antidepressant, I when we're judging depression by how still these mice are, and I think a good antidepressant is to take one of these thumbtacks and give them a little poke. <laughs> the uh, well, you couldn't give a questionnaire to the mice. Uh, how happy you're feeling now? <laughs> self-described depression. Yeah. The well, you know what we did with some mice. We we went. Uh, are you depressed? And if they didn't answer, I go, okay, that's a yes. And if uh, we weren't you happy, and the mouse was moving all around, we took that as a yes. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, so they also didn't say like like you just added they didn't. This has more caffeine than other teas, mm-hmm. but the thing, all different types of teas do any. Is this something very specific in matcha, which, or is there something that's in other teas too? Especially if some of the teas come from the same plant.
1: Similar compounds, my understanding, is matcha as much higher concentration. Especially of whatever the, it is especially that Especially of l and some of the antioxidants. So you probably could. You might just need to get, consume more to get the same effect.
2: But, you know, I think they can play with this to see, does matcha help these depressed mice or not? But I think we should uh, see if we can have our sponsor, Kinetic, send some Renew, which really helps with anxiety. To these oh, mice. the
1: saffron extract does wonders so probably more effective at a lower and i dose. believe
2: that uh renew has afrin, which is like the best kind of saffron you can get oh yeah and saffron is not cheap no it's uh i believe we did the research we could when people say worth its weight in gold if you go per ounce it's somewhere between silver and gold so yeah <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh that's why they you did they fed the tea to the mice not uh but I think, you know, we in, in uh, a humane effort should send a bottle of Renew to the lab. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good idea, Mark. <laughs> there you
1: go. Well, we hope we brought a, a, a smile to your face today. Um, I think that's, that's up for us. That's our time. I want to thank everyone again for coming. We really appreciate the support. Any questions you have or comments or anything you'd like for us to discuss, uh, please reach out to us at podcast at kineticlife.com. That's podcast at K-I-N-E-T-I-Q life.com. Don't forget to like, share, uh, spread the word, spread the love. As always, I'm your host, Mike Shaloudis. And I am Mark Hertzberg. The real real Mark Hertzberg. Will the real Mark Hertzberg please stand up? And And say (laughs) bye-bye. Until next time.
0: Bye. The Kinetic Life Podcast is sponsored by Kinetic Renew. Kinetic Renew is a four-round shot of all natural ingredients that deliver some amazing benefits, like improved mental clarity, long and short-term focus, and improved memory and cognition. Plus, Kinetic Renew improves mood with the added benefits of anti-stress and anti-anxiety. Here's what people are saying.
2: I drink a bottle of Kinetic Renew, and I'm in a better mood. It's like waking up on the right side of the bed. (laughs) It's great.
0: My mental focus is clearly better.
2: I do
1: notice that I have better clarity. Definitely improves my mood for sure. It reduces my stress.
0: Visit kineticlife.com today. Log on now and use promo code POD1 for 30% off. That's 30% off your order when you use promo code POD1. Kineticlife.com. K I N E T I Q life.com. Do it now. You're going to love Kinetic Renew. Thank you for listening to the Kinetic Life Podcast. Catch a new show every other Thursday. You'll find us everywhere you can listen to a podcast. And remember, be safe, have fun, and go for your dreams. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered professional advice. All comments, jokes, views, and ideas expressed are those of the hosts or guests and do not represent any company or organizations with whom they may be affiliated. Always make sure to consult your own physician before starting any new diet, supplement, or exercise routine. Oh, and there's one more thing. If you're working on something that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. The vision pulls you. Steve Jobs.